When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeaky, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Have you started a do-it-yourself project? Are you directing a do-it-yourself project? Did you get stuck in the middle of a project? Well, anything worth starting is worth starting over with us. We're here to help you get the job done. So pick up the phone right now and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, and we'll help you do just that. Hey, do you want to make a small room look bigger? That's what we're going to talk about this hour. If you want to bring a big room down to size, we can help you with that too, all by using some very cool paint techniques coming up in just a bit. We'll tell you how to do it. And also ahead, did you know that computers and other IT equipment that you might have at your home are using energy even when they're off or even when you think they're off? We like to call those energy vampires. We're going to tell you how to shave a few bucks off that always pricey electric bill in just a bit. And we get lots and lots of calls in the program about floors. If you're thinking, though, about putting in a new kitchen floor, there's one very important step that you don't want to miss, and we're going to give it to you this hour. And you've probably seen them on TV, and I'm sure you've even been tempted to order one or two of them. Well, now we're giving them away on the radio. We've got a prize pack of three Telebrand products, including a Go Duster, a stick-up bulb, and a closet doubler. This fabulous package is worth $65, and you didn't even have to stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning to see the ads. <laughs> so give us a call now, because they could be yours for free. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Boing, 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 boing. That is what's going on to <laughs> Stephanie's floor in Utah. Are you bouncing everywhere? Are the kids jumping up and down? What's going on? <laughs> yes, whenever the dogs run through the house, the kitchen island goes uh, shaking because the floor <laughs> is so bouncy. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, how old is your house? My house was built in 1989. Okay. And the kinds of floor joists that you have... Is it uh, a solid floor joist? Is it a truss joist? Is it one? Is it? Do they look like plywood I beams? They're I beams, I beams, and they're twenty four on center. How did I know that? <laughs> I, I knew exactly what was happening when you said the floor was bouncing. Yeah, when you use those plywood um, beams, those the, what happens is they have more flex than a standard floor joist, uh, and so they do bounce a lot. Um, they're not weak in terms of a structural issue, but but man, the uh, the China Shore rattles around when that happens, and I'm not so sure that there's an easy way to fix this. There's a couple of things I've seen done. They've put uh, bridging on that attaches to the bottom of the floor joist all the way across. Um, I've always also seen folks construct um, what kind of looks like a girder in the middle of that span so that you're shortening the the length of the floor joist from uh, you know whatever they are to half of what that is uh, the girder 
wouldn't necessarily have to have any sort of footing because it's really just there to take the flex out as they bounce. Um, but the last thing I would check is to make sure that none of those beans have been cut improperly because one common error that we see with, especially with HVAC contractors, heating and air conditioning contractors, is they'll cut out part of the web, either the bottom web or the top web when they're running duct work. But assuming that that's not happened, that flex is unfortunately fairly normal for that type of floor system. Okay, wonderful. I'll, uh, I'll take a look into those options. All right, Stephanie, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. She can also look into acrobatic tricks for the dog to do. <laughs> They've already got that extra bounce. Yeah, built-in trampoline. <laughs> All right, next up we've got Dominic. Welcome to the Money Pit. What can we help you with? Hi, yes. I mean, um, want to replace our wooden fence with a uh, vinyl fence. And I just had, had uh, was wondering about how to install the posts, how deep to go. And uh, the quality of vinyl versus wood. I think the best way to put in fence posts, and this is, by the way, regardless of whether it's vinyl or wood, is to use this procedure. You want to dig the hole just a little bit bigger than the post itself. So if it's a four-inch post, you're going to be looking to do like a like an eight-inch diameter hole. Drop okay. the post down there, and you're going to want to put some crushed gravel around that post, and then you're going to want to tamp the crushed gravel as you go and build it up. The crushed gravel that's properly compressed, properly tamped, does a much better job of holding that post in place than concrete because it drains. It's not going to be lifting out when it freezes. It drains. And so that's really the best way to put in a fence post. I've done that for years, and my fences just don't move. Once mm -hmm. I put them in, they stay right there. Just compact the gravel. Compact the gravel. If you can, if you uh, if you want, you can go to a rental yard and rent a tamping iron for a post. It's a heavy metal bar with a round sort of two-inch plate on one end of it, and it makes it really easy to kind of get into that tight space between the post and the outside of the hole. Right. And you can tamp tamp it really easily. But if you don't want to rent one, you can just take a two by four, like a four to six foot two by four. And you can use right. that, slide that around the post as you, as you tamp it down there. If you're only doing a few posts, I'd just do it with a two-by-four. It's a little more stressful, but, but it works just as well. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, Dominic, the other benefit of the vinyl fence is that they look good on both sides. So it's never like yeah. you're compromising one side based on what you have to give your neighbors, you know, because it's always common courtesy to show your neighbors the nice side of the fence. Nice side, right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Dominic. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit. Hey, if you need design ideas, help hiring a pro, or assistance finding the right way to approach your project, we can help. Give us a call with your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Hey, just like the right color can make a big difference when you wear it, the right color for your walls can make a whole room look a lot bigger, or it can tidy it up and make it smaller. Whatever you need it to be, find out how exactly to get the look you want next. Hey, 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 money pit. Hey, 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 money The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Choose the brand more building professionals prefer and add up to $24,000 to the perceived value of your home. For more information, visit Thermatrue.com.
Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where a tool belt is always in style and a hard hat is generally a good idea. I'm Tom Kreitler. <laughs> and I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question. One caller we talked to on the air today gets a chance at our random prize drawing. We're giving away three Telebrand products worth 65 bucks. the kind of cool, handy stuff you see on television now and again. A go duster, a stick-up bulb, and a closet doubler will keep you busy cleaning your house, doubling your closet, and I guess getting more light. <laughs> the stick-up bulb is kind of cool, I have to say. I mean, yeah. being a big TV watcher. Yeah, you like to order this stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I bet do. you have an, an endominizer. <laughs> I probably and do. And a lot of solid gold collections. And I also have a thigh master and a lot of soft rock collections. But the light bulb thing is kind of cool. It's actually a battery-operated light bulb that you just stick on a wall, and it's got a pull cord, so you can put it in a closet. You don't have to worry about wiring. I mean, that it's kind of neat. But all I right, it's all coming to you if we draw your name out of the Money Pit Hardhead this hour, one 888 Pit. Hey, give us a call and tell us what you're working on. And maybe your project is a room revamp and the size or the shape of the room is giving you a hard time. Well, choosing the right color can have a major impact. I mean, think about it. You wear the right color or pattern to look taller or thinner or younger, right? I mean, you do think about these things when you're choosing your outfit for the day. Well, you can use the same logic and fashion sense for your room. If you find that the room you're trying to work on has a ceiling that feels too low, then paint it a super bright white. It really opens it up and makes the ceiling seem much higher. Or you can even try vertical stripes. On the other hand, if you've got a dramatic high ceiling in your home, it could cause a living space to feel really cavernous or ginormous. If you want to visually lower that ceiling height, you can add a mid to deep hue on the ceiling or even add horizontal stripes. That sort of helps to bring everything down. Or what you can do is sort of create a lower ceiling with a crown molding that goes from where you know, not exactly where the ceiling and the upper wall meet. Bring it down and continue that ceiling paint down to the crown molding. It's all good tricks that you can do with simple home improvements to really change how your room looks. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It's the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit and let us help. Leslie, who's next? Rusty in Wyoming. Welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Hey, I've got a question about water heaters today. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the uh Power vent water heater as opposed to a regular water heater. Right. What what dictates my having to use a power vent water heater since they're they're so much more expensive? I do have a horizontal run in my exhaust of my water heater uh, of about 15 feet. That's why, because it, usually if you have a higher efficiency water heater, you have to use a one that has a, a, a powered draft. And basically, okay. you know, what this is, is is a fan that sucks the gases out of the water heater, sends it down the horizontal pipe and out the side. It's a forced draft water heater is what it is. And unless you have a water heater that can gravity draft into a regular chimney, then you need to have a force draft water heater, and that's why it's more expensive. It's also more circuitry, so that the power goes off, the water heater goes off, and so on. But that's what it's all about. Okay, and what about a direct vent? Well, it is a sort of a direct vent. When this thing goes across the 15 feet, does it go outside? Yes, it does. That is a direct vent water heater. Yeah, you need to get the exhaust gas from the water heater outside, and that's why it has to have a powered vent like that. All right. Well, that, that answers that question. I was wondering why that was so much more expensive. And now yeah, I know. that's why. More moving parts, Rusty. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Marlo in New Jersey listens in on WABC. What can we do for you today? Hi. I just got a bathroom installed a few months ago, and there's cracks already in the grout in the corners. So I was wondering if I could do anything, or um, I don't think I'm going to have the people come back. So 
No, actually, that's very common. Uh, the grout is not really designed to be in the corners, but the tile installers always put it in the corners. What happens is as the walls expand and contract, they do so at different rates, Marlo. So that's why you get the cracks that will form. What you want to do is try to scratch or scrape out the uh, grout in that area and simply caulk it. Use a kitchen and bath caulk that has a mildew side in it. DAP makes one that has an additive called microband that won't grow mildew and caulk that joint and then you don't have to worry about it. It's not going to grow mildew and it won't crack again. Okay, great. Very, very common. Marlo, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Talking with Tom in South Carolina. How can we help? Well, I have some kitchen cabinets that uh, I painted about uh, two, three years ago. Okay. And I, I used the high-gloss oil-based paint. And I'm not really satisfied with the paint job that I have. And I was curious to know if what, what kind of paint would be best for kitchen cabinets. What kind of paint can I put on top of the oil base? Well, what are you not satisfied about? Is there markations that you don't like? Is it not wearing well? What don't you like about it? It's not wearing well. And I think it's because I didn't prepare the surface well before I painted. Most yeah. likely. Yeah, because preparation is, is really is really the key. And if you didn't prepare it well, then you're not going to be happy with the results, Tom. Um, you chose, by the way, the best paint, which is an oil-based paint for kitchen cabinets. And the reason I say that is because it's the most durable. Clearly, it's harder than a latex product. So what we would recommend is to re to sand those cabinets as best as you possibly mm -hmm. can. And you don't have to start off sanding them. You can use a chemical stripper to right. help break up that paint. One that I've used um, with some success is called Rock Miracle. And it's okay. kind of pasty, so it goes on almost like a rubber cement, and you can actually see it change as it works. And um, then, you know, use a wire brush, but don't be too aggressive with it because you don't want to damage the surface. And try to get down as far as you can, and then you can go ahead and sand it. And that should give you a pretty clean surface. Of course, then use a tack cloth and make sure you get rid of all the dust and a paintbrush, you know, a plain dry paintbrush is a good way to get into all the nooks and crannies to get rid of all the extra dust. And once everything is clean... And just in case, I would also recommend that you use a primer. Oh, you can't yeah. go wrong by putting an extra layer of primer on because primer is really the, the material that gives you a neutral surface... It floats out nice, and it gives you a great surface for the, for the top coat to stick. So sand it down, get it real clean, add a primer, and then top coat it again. Now, I don't know what you didn't like about the oil finish you had before. High gloss is risky. If you use a semi-gloss, you, know, can, you can have a less than perfect you know, paint application and have it mm -hmm. still look good. When you make it really shiny, everything shows. Also, there are additives, Tom, that you can add to your paint. Um, the Flood Company makes one called Floatrol and Penetrol. One is for oil-based, one is for latex. I can't remember which is which at this moment. But it helps to make sure that you don't get brush marks or any sort of dings that you might see in the paint in case you you know, skip a brush stroke or miss a space. It helps to sort of keep things fluid a little bit longer so that they look smoother. And also, if you're thinking about refinishing these cabinets, if you're thinking about changing your hardware or the type of hardware or the hardware location, make sure you fill those holes and drill your new ones before you go about refinishing so you can make sure everything's dry and smooth and nice. Very good. I never would have thought of that. Appreciate your help. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Pete in New Jersey's got a washing machine that's causing a bunch of trouble. How can we help? Uh, yes, my washing machine, every time we run the washing machine for the first uh, the first load of the week or you know, a couple of days, it's got a very 
stagnant water, almost like a, a pond smell to it. Hmm. We have to run the water and and let it out, and then like run the load empty. This sounds like a trap issue. Yeah, it sounds like you may be uh, having sewage gas that's backing up into the washing machine. The drain on this is the first place I would start looking at this, Peter. You want to make sure that the water is going through a trap. Do you know what a trap is? It's like a U-shaped pipe. Yes, and um, actually, you know what? It, it does not. It does not appear to be going through a trap. And well, that is coming straight part- out of the back of the uh, out of the washing machine, and then to the hose. Right. It goes, and then the hose runs into a into a septic system. Well, that's why you're getting, yeah. right? That's why you're getting the Well, scent. I mean, it's going to come out in a hose, but where it connects into a pipe, the pipe has to have a trap in it. So you may be pulling septic, you may be pulling sewage gas back up that drain hose into the machine. You need to take a look at the drain plumbing on this, Peter. I think that's going to solve your problem. I just put a U-shaped trap in there in, in that connector line, and then I should be okay? Yes, it has to be, it has to be a fairly tall trap. Right, right. Because that water's going to sit there in the bottom and trap those gases exactly. and keep that scent from coming up. And that should really do the trick. Make sure that drain is higher than the washing machine, too, or, or you're going to have a leak issue. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, when you work on a computer, do you use that standby mode, the hibernate mode and all that? Oh, yeah, well, it kicks on. If you do, you are saving energy, but you actually can do something even better. Find out how to make a power strip your best friend after this. You live in a money pit. Money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement project. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma. We will explain why weekend projects always take two weeks. That's one of the things we do here (laughs) on the Money Pit. And if you've missed this show on air, you can always get it online and download our Money Pit podcast, available for free at moneypit.com. All right, folks. Well, while you're snooping around at moneypit.com and thinking about your home improvement projects, you can see there's a big number printed there, 888-MONEY-PIT. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Maybe you're having some energy issues. Maybe you're seeing some super duper high energy bills. Well, there's something you might not even realize. Your computers or your other office equipment, fax machines, anything with a little clock that's on all the time, even though you're not using the actual equipment, they can be super mega energy wasters. I mean, big time. Even when they're turned off, electronic and IT equipment often use that small amount of electricity just to keep those display features running. Well, if you use a power strip for your computer and all of your peripheral equipment, it allows you to completely disconnect the power supply from the power source, thus eliminating that standby power consumption. If you want some more great tips, you should take a look at the new Energy Star video podcast. It's a virtual room-by-room look at your house. Super best of all, it's hosted by your good friend, Tom Kreitler. Is that where you learned that tip? I certainly did, (laughs) and that's where I learned the term energy vampires. It's got a lot of great tips on where you can cut energy costs in your home, and it's available at energystart.gov. It's a great website. You can also find it on our website at moneypit.com and on AOL's real estate section, so you're not going to be at a loss to find it, folks. You basically can't avoid it. Exactly. 888-666-3974. You can't avoid that phone number. If you have a home improvement question, we're here to help you out. Leslie, who's next? Something's bubbling in Tennessee, and it's at Linda's house. What can we do for you? 
Hi, I have a bathtub and a toilet that sit sort of close to each other, and when I drain the bathtub, the toilet bubbles up, and then the water drains out of the toilet almost all the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, The reason that's happening, Linda, is because there's a venting issue. Um, The toilet is probably not vented properly, or the bathtub is not vented properly, so what you're seeing is... um, uh, an imbalance of pressure in the drain lines. And it's kind of sucking or drawing down the toilet as it tries to find air to replace all of the air that's being pulled out by the action of the drain. So you need to, to have a plumber evaluate where the drain pipes are, I mean, where the vent pipes are running. And you may need to add an additional one somewhere to let more air into that system so that doesn't happen. That's a, f- a fairly common condition in a house that doesn't it's not vented correctly all right well thank you very much you're welcome linda thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit larry in utah you've got the money pit what can we do for you hi i've got a house that was made in 1927 and i want to uh, finish the basement with some uh, sheetrock and that and maybe put a couple walls up but i don't want to drill any holes into it and damage the the structure of the wall or the floors is there something i can do to attach things securely without drilling holes in it. Well, I wouldn't be too concerned about drilling a few holes in the concrete walls. I mean, it's not going to hurt. Because you're going to have to build some framework in front of the existing walls. Because if your walls are concrete as well, you don't want to put your new wall boards right in front of it because then you'll have a moisture problem because the moisture will be wicking through the concrete. So you want, what, like six inches? Yeah, and you want to build a, a like a fake wall in front of the exterior foundation wall. So you would stud out a wall, start with press treated sill at the bottom, stud it up in wood. You can attach the top sill to the floor joists above. No reason you can't do that. And then you're going to want to drywall that area. Okay, but to anchor it to the floor or the walls, I have no cracks, no leaks on the on anything. I don't want to You're not going to cause a crack or a leak. No, just drilling and screwing into that concrete slab is not going to. Oh, okay. So would I use some kind of like a hardened screw to attach yeah, stuff in Yeah, it's called there? a Tapcon. And you need the Tapcon attachment. It looks like a, um, it's got a long drill bit, and then this piece slides over it and has the driver bit for the Tapcon head. And that will do a really great job of conquering through the concrete and getting you a secure fastener. You might want to also, if you don't have, rent a hammer drill for the day. You know, Larry, my, my house was built in 1886, and I recently had to build a, a very secure bench in the basement to hold some uh, some storage. It had to be really solid. And I, you know, tap-conned my way right into 125, 135-year-old brick, and no problem. Did a great job. Clean connections, real strong, and, you know, really no structural damage whatsoever. So I would have no fear about uh, using something like that to tap this uh, sill plate into the floor. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll check that out then. You're welcome, Larry. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is The Money Pit. Hey, stick around. We've got more great home improvement advice, especially if you're replacing your kitchen floor. Don't let your refrigerator stand in the way of a successful job. We're going to tell you how to avoid a huge inconvenience down the road right after this. Money Pit! This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Got your work boots on and nowhere to go? Well, stay right here. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good things better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti, and we can fill up your home improvement and dance card if you give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You're not only going to get your home improvement question answered on the air by us but you also get automatically entered into our random prize drawing and this hour we're giving away not one not two but three products from telebrands you know those as seen on tv people you've probably wanted to order a bunch of these i promise you you could win a go duster a stick-up bulb and a closet doubler clothes hanging system the grand prize package is worth 65 bucks and there's no call before midnight tonight requirement (laughs) (laughs) just call us right now at 888 Money Pit. Hey, let's talk about kitchen redo, specifically your floors. Take a little time to uh, move around the appliances and lay the new flooring under them. Let me tell you what happened to uh, my sister. She had to replace her dishwasher not too long ago. And uh, when the dishwasher uh, installers came, they couldn't do it because the previous owner had tiled the old dishwasher in, so to speak. So ah, but lucky there was for this your sister. But, 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 Tom to the rescue. Yeah. But you know what I had to do? I only had two choices. I could have broke out the tile floor or I could remove her countertop. That's what I ended up doing. I had to pull the entire countertop and sort of airdrop the new dishwasher oh, oh my over the lip of How the countertop. How much does that weigh? Oh, man, it was hard. It was really hard. because And I, then I holding to, on to it for dear life as you sort of slide it into that opening. Well, imagine because, you know, you had to remove all the screws that were holding the countertop down. Now, this was a laminate and top. And disconnect so the sink. You had to disconnect the sink, disconnect everything, um, and then sort of pick the countertop up to create enough space of it, and then lift it out and over. And teeter and lift, it under the upper cabinet. Right, and kind of like insert it in and twist it and everything. Anyway, we got it done, but it took all day. But you can avoid that if you're doing a flooring job in your kitchen by pulling appliances first and flooring completely under them. So do as we say, not as this old fella that put the tile in for my sister did and many, many others around the country do it that way. Make sure you pull the appliances out first and then lay down your flooring. Jim in Illinois, what can we do for you today? Uh, Hello. Yeah, I have a question about uh, something that's going on in my kitchen, and that is getting kind of a a dust or a dirt or some kind of residue on my kitchen ceiling, and it seems to pretty much follow the the ceiling joist, uh, almost like they're magnetized to dirt or something like that. Jim, do you burn a lot of candles in your house by any chance? Well, no, no more than anyone else. Well, now, okay, let's let's uh, the way you the way you responded that sounds like you do burn a few. Um what you're describing is basically dirt or it could be carbon from candles or other things that you burn or even from the cooking collecting on the on the ceiling joists and the reason it's doing that is because the ceiling joists are are a different temperature than the drywall that surrounds it they're colder and so as the warm moist and dirty air washes and rubs against the ceiling it leaves its dirt in the areas where the moisture condenses more which is the bottom of the joist that's why you're seeing those stripes now what you can do about this the ceiling above it is there a second floor no it's a ranch okay so what you can do is first of all go above it and make sure you insulate the ceiling carefully I want you to insulate it between the floor joists and also insulate across the top of the floor joists with another layer. 
This is going to warm that up and stop the condensation, the sort of strategic condensation. Secondly, let's talk about your air quality. Look at the kind of filtration system that you have in the house. You have an HVAC system. Is it a forced air system that's heating this house? Yes. I want you to put in a good quality air cleaner. I prefer that it's the one that's designed for the whole house as opposed to one that's like a fiberglass filter. One that like a whole house air cleaner like an April Air or something like that would be very, very effective here. And those two things working together are going to reduce this problem dramatically. Oh, okay. Now, when you talk about an air cleaner, uh, with just a, a higher quality air filter in the furnace? It would, be, it would be better, but I would rather you have an electronic air cleaner, which is going to be a lot more effective. It has a lot more filtration space. Well, an electronic air cleaner is going to filter out a lot more fine and smaller particulates that could be causing respiratory problems, that could be causing dust to form in the house. It gets rid of odor, pet dander, allergens. They're more effective because they're just more powerful, and the filter system themselves are highly thicker and a lot more fabric, so they really do a good job of trapping everything. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Call right now with your home improvement question. Up next, want to take advantage of some unused attic space? We've got some advice for one homeowner that might help everyone after this. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is being brought to you by Guardian Home Standby Generators, America's choice in power outage protection. Learn more at guardiangenerators.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And do you find that you're a big online shopper? You know, I have to say it, I am. I never get a chance to go anywhere, so I'm always surfing the web. And You know, <laughs> you don't get a chance to well, go it's anywhere. it's like I'm always traveling for work and <laughs> okay. work stuff and work things. So there's never like, oh, here's a cute store. Let's go in. It's, you know, more like whatever can pop up on my computer and make it easy. And I know a lot of folks out there, you know, maybe you feel comfortable buying airline tickets or books or CDs, you know, things that you really know what you're getting online. But do you feel apprehensive when you start thinking about wallpaper or bed linens or furniture or draperies? Do you really need to, you know, touch and feel before you purchase these items? Well, if that's been your sort of apprehension, think again, because online shopping has gone high tech and now homeowners can shop for home goods in a whole new way. We're going to tell you some smarter surfing tips in our very next Money Pit e-newsletter. If you're not a member, you should subscribe now. It is totally free. It pops up in your inbox every single Friday. To do so, go to moneypit.com and sign up today. And while you're there, you can click on Ask Tom and Leslie and send us an email question just like Gloria did from Durham, North Carolina. Gloria writes, we have a big unfinished attic which is not being well used for storage because of the flimsy, narrow pull-down stairs. Without going into details, we cannot add stairs to get to the attic on the outside of the house and adding stairs on the inside is out of the question as well. I'd like to replace the existing pull-down stairs with something more substantial and less treacherous to use. What are your recommendations? Well, there's a whole variety uh, in quality when it comes to pull-down stairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is that the builders... Uh, generally, a new construction just put in something that's very, very inexpensive, but you can get a good, sturdy aluminum pull-down staircase for that same space, which I think will leave you feeling a lot more secure going up and down. And another tip, Gloria, is that when you put in that pull-down staircase, make sure you weather strip the underside of it so that when it's fully closed against the ceiling, there's no space for heated air to escape. 
All right, we've got another one here from Marietta in Livingston, New Jersey, who writes, I have well water. I'm told that if I want to sell my home, it would be better if I tapped into the town's water supply. Could I still use the well water for outside usage or should I switch the entire thing? How involved is this process? If you've got any advice or tips, it would be greatly appreciated. It's not too terribly involved. Um, You're probably better off if you have municipal water available to go ahead and convert that. So Mm -hmm. all of your domestic water for the household uses are coming right from the municipal system. But you have that nice well installed, and there are things that you can do. You can have the well water be used for a sprinkler system. Now, that would save you a boatload of money. And typically, if you're installing a sprinkler system, you have to decide if you want to put a well in. But since you have one, it makes perfect sense to use the well water for the sprinkler system. Now, how involved is the actual switching from well to municipal? Is there a large digging up of the property, perhaps the driveway, or is it pretty simple to get the supply to your main water valves and, you know, supply into the house? Well, that's a good question. It really depends on where the main water is coming into the house right now, because obviously that's where you're going to want to connect the dots there. Generally, the municipal water is going to be in the street in front of the house, and it's going to be brought in underground. And that is not as complicated as you might think, because it really doesn't need uh, but a very, very narrow slot. And a plumber can install this with a tool that sort of slices the ground and pushes the pipe down at the same time. But it is a plumbing project, and it's going to probably cost, you know, one or $2,000. But I think it is a good idea to do it. And it's good for resale value. So anything you can in this market to boost your home's value, do it. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We are here online 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT, standing by to take your home improvement questions. And you can also look them up on our website at moneypit.com. Use the Project Finder. You can search over a 1,000 articles there that we've written about all sorts of home improvement topics, always there, standing by, ready to help you out. Thanks so much for spending this hour with us. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.